Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hi, everyone. It's Amanda Rieger Green. Welcome to Soul Sessions. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you have been enjoying our conversations, the tools, resources, information, insights we have offered. I've offered through guests, through my own insights and experiences. We are just laying the groundwork and the foundation. And that's why I've really led with intuition, because we all have the gift of intuition. We all have the ability to continue in that development. And I hope you recognize by beginning to incorporate tools and resources and practices that are accessible and resonate with you, you're starting to see a deeper meaning within yourself. You're starting to find deeper alignment, deeper truth. Yes, this takes dedication. It takes deliberation, practice, intention, repetition more than anything. It never stops. We never stop growing and evolving. That's how I look at intuition. One of the things I am excited to talk to you about today and lead into is something many of you are interested in. It can be a little bit controversial, so I want to debunk some of the controversy and the fear around this topic. It's mediumship. Of course, many of you know I am a medium. First and foremost, I'm a claircognizant and precognitive, meaning I receive downloads of information and insights from the past, and I see into multiple future probable outcomes, different trajectories, different probabilities, lines of time that can play out. And they usually, they being the soul, the collective, the energy that comes through when I connect personally with someone, with a business or an organization, I can see the consciousness and the energy and it shows up so multifaceted that I call it they, so that's they. But when I communicate that, that is my primary gift. That's that's what I've had since I was a little girl. And of course, it has developed and become a foundational ability for me, a sensory ability that I use in my work and, and my avocation. 
but I also have the gift of mediumship, the ability to connect with loved ones, people on the other side who have died, who've crossed over. And sometimes mediumship extends to spirit guides, angels, other beings or entities on the other side, and I'm using the word entity, I don't want to frighten you with that word, but there are light beings, there are rays of light, beings of energy. We have such a confluence of intelligence, energy, love, frequency of support and guidance on the other side that it's almost unfathomable from a human standpoint. And usually when I connect with someone, not only am I able to connect with their soul, their higher self, the part of you, the part of that person that is connected to God, to the divine, and whatever path you find to God, whether it's through your Christianity and through Jesus, whether it is Judaism or Buddhism, whatever way you find God, source, spirit, we all have souls and our souls are seated from the divine. It's connected to our higher consciousness. But we also have all of this intangible support, resources, tools. And I say tools because if we can use our guides, our loved ones, as a tool to even deepen our our intuition, our knowing, our trust, our meaning with ourself, that is rich. So mediumship, connecting with your loved ones on the other side. My first experience with this, with connecting with a loved one who I knew, was my grandmother, my my father's mother. I think I was in third or fourth grade, and she was sick. She had Alzheimer's. We lived a couple of hours away from her in Louisiana, and she had Alzheimer's. She was in a an assisted living, uh, a nursing home, actually, at the time, and I didn't know that she was imminent, that her, her death was imminent, that she was actively dying. My parents hadn't discussed that with me. I knew that she was sick and, and deteriorating and certainly had deteriorated mentally. If, if you've dealt with Alzheimer's and dementia, I, I know everyone out there is can be very familiar with that. And it's a hard and a debilitating disease, not only for the person, but for the loved ones. So that had been happening for a while. Her disease had been progressing, but I didn't know, you know, at third or fourth grade, my parents hadn't shared she was active. I'm not sure that they knew she was active. But anyway, I was feeding some neighbor's cats. (laughs) They were out of town and I was feeding their cats. So I was over in their house feeding the cats and we lived on this river. Shout out to the Chifuncta River. We lived in a neighborhood called Beauchan. This is on the North Shore of New Orleans. So if you know, you know. I was feeding their cats and they had this, my neighbors had this gorgeous bay window and I remember finishing up and I was about to walk down the stairs and I looked out the bay window onto the river and all of a sudden I saw kind of like a mirage. I mean, remember I'm in third or fourth grade, but almost the image of my grandmother's face in the river. I mean, I was just kind of staring and I saw her, I felt her And she just communicated with me, and it wasn't scary or frightening. It was loving and all-encompassing and divine. I wouldn't have been able to articulate that to you then, but but looking back and, and remembering how I felt, it was transcendent. It was mystical. But she communicated to me. She says, I'm no longer here. I'm not here in my body, but I am well. I am safe. And also... What I remember most poignantly about that, apart from her her mirage appearing in the river, I mean, hello, that was, you know, that's pretty jarring. But also what I remember was she was articulate. 
She was of sharp mind and she was communicating clearly and directly. So I knew it was her. I knew it was the spirit of the woman. I knew the grandmother. I called her Grandy Ed. Her name was Edna, Edna Lewis, uh, Edna Lewis Rieger, but Grandy Ed. And uh, it was Grandy Ed, but it was her essence. It was her energy. It was her voice. And it, and it wasn't audible. I didn't hear it audibly. It just, I heard it in my soul. So I went, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stunned by this experience. And then I'm also denying it a little bit because I didn't understand and I didn't really think much. And then I remember getting out, going outside, locking their house, getting on my bicycle and thinking, well, this is really weird. I don't think I'm going to tell my parents. Maybe I made this up. And that's where most of us go in mediumship. So important, everyone, is maybe I made this up. Either nobody's going to believe me. Maybe I made this up. Maybe my imagination just ran wild. (laughs) And I'm a child. I'm third or fourth grade here. So, of course, my imagination was abundant at that time. Anyway, I get home. And when I walked in the door, my parents said, hey, can you come sit down on the sofa? We need to tell you something. And I had no clue what they were about to say, but they said, sit down on the sofa. So, of course, I thought I was getting in trouble. (laughs) I thought, I haven't done anything today. And they sat me down and they said, we need to tell you something. It's about your grandy Ed. And I said, oh, she died. She's no longer with us. And both of my parents just looked at me and they said, well, yes, like she's she's gone. She's gone to heaven. She's gone to be with her Lord. She's peaceful. She is no longer with us. And they they looked at each other, and I don't remember if they said, how did you know that? Or I don't remember the exact dialogue, but they were both stunned. And I said, I know. She told me that she told me she was gone. And they both smiled. Neither one of them shut it down, but they didn't ask me any more questions. And that's what I remember most. And and that's one place where, especially with children, you know, and as a parent and learning how to communicate with your children, if you're open to it, to their intuition, to what they see, what they feel, I wish, and this was not my story at this time, but I wish my parents would have said, tell us more. (laughs) But they were also grief stricken and trying to communicate this with me. So, but they didn't ask any questions. And then I think I put it aside. You know, I filed it back away in my mind as this happened. I knew. And then I just pushed it down. I had multiple spirits that had come to me before that. I remember specifically in my room at a younger age, maybe two years prior, feeling some beings in my room. I remember putting my my stuffed animals around myself in the bed. I wasn't afraid of them, but I was afraid. And today, if you know me, and, and my mind and my heart is pretty darn open because I have had a multitude of outstanding and awesome experiences with myself and with other people around beings and and experiencing beings coming through and communicating messages. But I do believe that those beings that came through were very multidimensional and very advanced from an advanced civilization. So I will go ahead and share that with you. More to come at another point. And it it was validated through working with a child years later in, in my work, and she was being visited by the same beings, and I was able to describe them, and she reflected those back to me in turn, and it was validating for me. You know, 25 years later, she and I had both experienced the same beings, and I knew better what they wanted and what it was for, and I was able to help 
her. I was able to help her mother setting some energetic boundaries. I hope you recognize here, too, that I'm setting the stage for everybody out there to know that we are sovereign. We have the ability through our beliefs, through our energy to set boundaries around what we are available to communicate with. And if it comes from our light, if it comes from love, if it comes from the heart, and if we believe that we are worthy of that sovereignty, that safety, that security, then we're setting a boundary, a clear boundary with energy that we are available for the light, for energy to flow through, to communicate. And not all of us need to or have to do this stuff. This is if you're interested, if you're wanting to connect with a loved one or you're wanting to open your heart to connect with greater intelligence, whatever may be out there, we all have this gift and ability. And even if you're reaching out and wanting to connect to a medium, and I can give you some tips around doing that, how to set intentions and and really ensure that the space and the energy and the messages delivered really are safe and of the highest light. You want that those ethics and that integrity. But this is about knowing our beliefs are imperative, that your energy, your intention, and your belief really can withstand so many circumstances or scenarios that, that are sometimes hard to explain. So let me go into this a little bit further. Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When your child fights sleep, it can feel like a battle you'll never win. Imagine a bedtime routine you all look forward to, where you cuddle in and let the stress of the day melt away. Welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a calming weekly podcast that brings bedtime stories, cuddles, and comfort to families worldwide. The stories are quirky, 
relatable, and spark wonder without overstimulation, so listeners can fall asleep and stay asleep. Each episode is narrated by me, Cheryl McLeod, a second grade teacher, and written by my husband, Clark, an eternal second grader at heart. Tune in tonight and bond over a story before drifting off to sleep. Make bedtime the sweetest part of your day. Sleep Tight Stories. Listen to Sleep Tight Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Later down the road, like I said, I would have visits from other beings. I wouldn't share these with other people. I wouldn't know how to communicate them for a very long time. I do remember when my father passed away. I was 18 years old. He passed away very tragically uh, in our home from a, uh, a cardiac event. And it was painful. It was really painful to watch. And I do remember while the EMTs were there and my mom and my dad, and I was standing one foot on their carpet in their master bedroom and one foot in the hallway. And I remember this so, so profoundly because it was like I was standing but in this doorway, you know, and I think of it as like standing between the worlds because I was in trauma and shock and fear. And you can just imagine all the things rushing through me and witnessing this. And it, it wasn't a, it wasn't an easy death for my father. It was quite painful and it was very painful to watch. But I remember almost disassociating or floating out of my body. And I heard my father say, and he wasn't able to communicate. He hadn't been able. He was basically, and this is graphic, but this is what happened. He was drowning in his own fluid. His body, his heart was not able to pump fluid off of his lungs, and so his body was swelling. He could not verbally communicate. His facial expressions, which were going blank, he had no oxygen pumping into his body. So he couldn't verbally communicate. But I remember literally standing in that doorway and my consciousness floating above my body, disassociating from my physical body and my being. And there's all this chaos, so to speak, in the room with the EMTs, the doctor. We had a doctor that lived next door to us that was there with my dad, my mom. I mean, it was just a, it was a, it was insanity. (laughs) But I heard my father say, You know, I'm out of my body, and I heard him say, do not let them intubate me. I do not want to be intubated, meaning he did not want life support. He knew what that entailed. He did not want life support. And one of the EMTs walked by me, and I just said, don't intubate him. I'm 18 years old. This is 1999. Maybe I had seen a few episodes of ER (laughs) at the time. You know, that's what was popular then. So I might have known some of those words. My mom was a nurse. My dad was a pharmacist. I came from a very medical family. So those those things were familiar. But I said to to the EMT, I said, do not intubate him. He doesn't want to be intubated. And the EMT looked at me and he says, how do you know what intubation is? And my mom immediately says, she knows, she knows what this is. And she's right. He doesn't want to be intubated. He do- And she was a nervous wreck at the time, but it was almost like she needed me to say that so she could articulate that to them because he did end up, they officially coded him at the hospital, but I'm pretty sure that he died in our home. But if they would have intubated him, We would have had to remove life support. It was already traumatic enough. He was not going to come back to and be healthy and well. So a multitude of decisions, traumatic decisions, would have ensued after the fact. And he didn't want that. But I heard him say that. I just heard it. I heard him say that to me. 
So that was a turning point, you know, and I remember it now. My mom and I got to discuss that at later points, and and she remembers, she said to me, she said, yeah, I remember the ENT looked at me, and he said, how does she know what intubation is? And and she said, and it snapped me into reality of making sure that they didn't intubate him, you know, there in the room or in the ambulance or when we got to the hospital. And so, you know, things like that can come through where I, I didn't look at that as mediumship. I just looked at it as being present and knowing and listening and saying and speaking. And then again, we would flash forward years before I really got a dose of my abilities as a medium, as a channel, to be able to channel information from the other side. And it's a little bit darker. And I want to share this with you because it's important. And it's also how I can explain to you why I know we have the ability through our beliefs and through our sovereignty to really, really take care of our energy to protect and keep our energy safe as far as what we're available for in this arena, also in life, in life in general. You know, around 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, that time frame, that's really, and if many of you know, I've shared my story in different places, and I'm not sure I've gone into it too much in the podcast, and I'll go into it a little bit here, but in... At that phase of my life, I started to struggle with alcoholism and then addiction. And those were things that had been a propensity of mine for a while. I'm a need for speed kind of person. I'm all or nothing. When I'm in, I'm in. When I'm out, I'm out. And with alcoholism, I I started to drink too much. And a lot of it what for me was sometimes drinking not to feel, sometimes drinking to feel, to be angry because I would suppress and repress emotions. I've told you all I'm a Libra. I can be a people pleaser. So saying yes and acquiescing is, is something where I have a lot of opportunity to learn, to really learn my boundaries and my truth and my voice. But my alcoholism got very dark and I would suit up and show up for work every day. I had a job that I loved and um, I was very dedicated to it in healthcare. It was also very stressful. I often worked six or seven days a week and I was contributing and productive. I, I didn't have the greatest personal relationship and home life. I also was just losing myself. I wasn't happy. I couldn't find myself, my meaning, my purpose. I I really had a lot of struggles going on, and I was also battling depression. I didn't know it at the time, and sometimes it's kind of horse and cart dialogue in the sense that, you know, was it the alcoholism that caused the depression, the depression that caused the alcoholism? There was It was just both. It was what it was, and so I had depression and alcoholism. And one of the things that I know today by being in recovery really stepping into my sobriety and understanding the absolute importance for sobriety for me, because I I do have the disease of alcoholism, and it is something that I treat each and every day, and I uh, I'm pretty open about, and it's not easy, and sometimes it is. It's, but it sure is rewarding, and and it for me it, it it is of the light. But when I was in my lowest and my darkest my immune systems were down. Mentally, my immune system was tanked. I just, I was not mentally clear, healthy, or well. Emotionally, I was drained, exhausted. I was erratic. I was up high to low, up and down, all over the place. And some of that was 
just my own lack of well-being and then also the substances that I was putting in my body that were keeping me out of whack and that leads to my physical immune system. I was physically not well. I had developed some stomach ulcers. I had issues left and right. I was malnourished because of my own disease and and what I was doing to my body through my alcoholism and addiction and then also working lots of hours and and living two different lives and the insanity of it. It was a really tough time and I am so grateful to be alive. I live on borrowed time today because there are a number of instances and scenarios in that story where I, I should not be here, I should not be alive. But for the grace of God and also I do believe my guides, my loved ones on the other side, angels, anything that that you relate to, they were all there rooting for me. God was holding me up when I couldn't hold myself at my lowest time. And through so much of that pain, and I've shared this before, is where the breakthrough is, where the treasure is. It's just, uh, for me, it was my willingness, my openness, and really getting honest that I was sick and I wasn't well. But in that dark time, back to the mediumship piece, There were multiple instances where in the middle of the night I would wake up, uh, and I don't remember waking up, but my mom reflected this back to me. Sometimes I would spend the night with her or be with her, and she witnessed this. I would wake up, or I would be in a blackout state induced by my own alcoholism and addiction, and I would rage, I would be violent, but I also... And my, this is what my mom explained to me, and I remember it now. I just saw it through her eyes. I would go into a really dark state. My eyes would shift, and almost she said they were almost all black. And then I would speak emphatically and articulately, articulately in some other tongue, in some other language that she said was dark. It was scary. It was demonic. She said, Amanda, it was as if you were possessed. And what would happen in those instances, I would wake up the next morning or come to, and I would not have remembered what happened. And my mom would be in shock or terror or the guy that I was dating at the time, he also was privy to this and subject to it multiple times. But I would say, what what is everybody so upset about? What are you mad about? I, yeah, I drank too much last night and I'm sure I misbehaved. I mean, that's where, you know, and that's the mind of an alcoholic. So... That's where that goes. But I also really had no clue. And they would reflect back to me, well, you weren't just out of it. You were not you. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man 
take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Uh, thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And they would reflect back to me, well, you weren't just out of it. You were not you. Something was coming through you, something heavy, something dark, something that wasn't you. And this started happening repetitively. To the point where in my waking state, when I would get up, I get dressed, I go to work, I might not be feeling well, but I was also starting to really backslide into feeling overwhelmed and overtaken by something darker, heavier, and more powerful than me. And it was not God. It was not source. It was not of the light. It was of utter darkness. And I have a light, bright heart. I am loving. I am kind. I'm compassionate, but in my alcoholism and addiction and through whatever else was running through me, energetically, mentally, emotionally, I was unkind. I was angry. I was a version of myself that was frightening and destructive and also extremely intentional and demanding. So whatever it was, was much more powerful than me and it was not, it was not light and Fortunately, through that, I was able to have a breakdown and know that I wanted to get well, you know, and and I think there was God and the sunlight of the Spirit shone through me one morning and said, you can't live like this anymore. You don't need to. There are bigger things out there for you. You are meant to live. You are meant to love. You are meant to share and be, and people love you, and people want you to live. And it was like all of that flooded through me, and, you know, as scary as it was, I surrendered and said, okay, I'm ready. I need help. And and that story and journey is beautiful. But what happened down the road is once I got sober and once my vessel was clear— and I started to come to, and my mental faculties were becoming more conscious, more coherent, with better sleep. My body was healing. My body was sober. It was getting the nutrients, the exercise, the rest, all the things, the hydration it needed. 
my emotions. I was doing immense process work, therapy to work through past traumas, my addiction, my alcoholism, with a lot of professional support and recovery support. So using all these tools, all of a sudden, my gifts, my intuition started waking up, and that's when spirits started showing up. I mean, and I can name them off. I mean, I ended up in a sober living home. I lived in in a sober house after I got out of alcohol and drug treatment, and we had a ghost in our sober home, two of them actually, a man and a wife, and that was confirmed by the neighbor once I... (laughs) I saw them and they were loving and they were happy that we were there because the woman had actually died from alcoholism and she was so happy that all these sober women were there and the neighbor communicated that to us. I mean, the list goes on because all of these spirits would come through with joyful messages, with light messages. And I remember as this was flooding through and I was starting to try to understand my gift, communicate my gift, sharing this with my mother. And she would see me when I would talk about these things. Or I started doing these videos years ago talking about astrology and energy. And she said, I was watching your video, Amanda. And she said, do you remember how, you know, a couple of years ago when you were so sick and everything was going on? And I would tell you that your eyes were turning black. And it was like you were speaking some demonic or some dark, you know, dark language. And and it wasn't you. She said, watching you, she says, your eyes shone bright. They were light. Light beams were coming through them. She says, your eyes were illuminated. And when she said that, it was like, oh, I am a channel. Just like any of us out there, we are a channel for darkness and tragedy and pain and fear. And we are meant to experience some of those things in our human condition. But we are also bright, intelligent vessels, channels of light. And when she reflected that back to me, I said, oh, my goodness. She said, I'm healthy. I'm well. You know, my sobriety, my health, my wellness, my well-being, my physical body, mental body, emotional body, energetic body, all of that is a non-negotiable because I know I can be a vessel of the darkness or of the light, and I choose the light. And that is something I live by each and every day. And why I'm sharing this with all of you, just in talking about and introducing mediumship. And we've got a great dialogue coming up for you next week with Lindsay Marino. She is a medium, and she and I dive into tools and resources and practical ways to access mediumship, connecting with your loved ones on the other side, because it is profound. It is awakening and healing and validating and comforting and also it just creates this wholeness that that is undeniable when we get those messages. And whether it is through a medium, through someone who has a gift and stands in their light and stands in their truth, and that's something I encourage all of you to look for. If you do want a mediumship reading, if you do want to connect with someone, just ensuring that it feels right, it feels good. The messages you see from that person, whatever they put out there or the way that it aligns, it feels light and bright and set your intentions. You know, it is my intention that this interaction is for healing, for growth, for evolution, for clarity, meaning, purpose, and all in the highest aim. That's where your power and your sovereignty is in your voice, in your intention. And that's where mediumship to me has the potential 
not to be scary or sacrilegious or uncomfortable, but the ability to heal, to connect us with our loved ones, to know that they are with God. They are infinite. They see things brighter. They're working on their lessons on the other side and working to help us, even if they have hurt us. There are so many fruitful things that can come through, but also it's imperative that we approach it from a healthy state. And and one thing I do want to share, and I share this often with people that who will reach out, is when you have someone pass away, when you have someone die, I usually encourage people to wait a bit before reaching out and getting a reading, getting a mediumship reading, because the, the natural inclination is to reach out immediately. I need messages. I need to know that they're okay, or I'm not feeling them anymore. I, and I certainly, you know, losing my mother recently, I know how that feels. But we're very susceptible in that state of grief. There's acute grief going on and bereavement, and we can be very susceptible, those immune systems that I talked about. You may be mentally or just not as charged up because you're hurting, you're in pain emotionally, energetically, physically. So giving yourself a little time and knowing they're always going to be there. The messages are going to be there when you need them. It will be divinely aligned and you don't have to rush it. It will come to you and the right medium or the right sign or messages, message from someone at the grocery store out of the blue. They will divinely help orchestrate that and it will be of the light if your intention is and if you trust and have faith. So. I've got a great blog. It's Mediumship 101 blog, which will help just with general tools and resources that will give you a little bit more information on how to tap into connecting with your loved ones on the other side. And we've got, again, like I said, this great dialogue coming up, which I think we'll dive in more. I've got a couple of live readings that we will showcase. And I'd love to hear from you as far as questions and what questions you have around mediumship, what fears you have, debunking some of that. So this gift, this ability to communicate and connect with our loved ones is from source energy, from God's love, from God's energy, and not something to be afraid of, but knowing how important it is to set our energetic boundaries, our intentions, and our beliefs around light, light energy, because I do know that the dark is out there and it exists, but so much of it, so much of it falls back to our own integrity, our biology of belief, and our ability to know that we are empowered. We are empowered through our higher consciousness and our human consciousness, but we get to connect with what is beyond the other side. And our loved ones are waiting to communicate with us and support us in ways that are so infinitely beyond our uh, thinking that it's mind blowing. And it also is a big old shot of raising your vibration. I will tell you that it, it shoots your vibration up in, a, in an extraordinary way. So I hope you all have enjoyed this. Please send me your questions and your feedback. I look forward to connecting with you soon and sharing these upcoming podcasts. Thank you for joining me. I'm Amanda Rieger-Green. Talk soon. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish-Sussman, every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. 
I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.